Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for news and stuff. Hey, how's it going, huh? I mean, spiritually. Got all your ducks lined up. You understand everything that's happening? Israel, Hamas, the United States, Washington. I'm telling you, who is the author of confusion? Because there is so much of it out there today. Going to talk a little bit about craziness in the United Methodist Church. Going to talk about uh, books to believe. Demon books, that is. All kinds of stuff. My, Aren't you glad you're saved today? I pray you are. Aren't you glad God is in control of the world and he's not up there wringing his hands or surprised by any of this? In fact, he could be coming. Nothing stopping him from coming today, if I understand the scriptures correctly, my friend. Are you ready to meet God? You're going to heaven when you die? It's always our invitation. We gave it in Columbus. Lots of people raised their hands. Salvation, surrender. William Fetter did a good job. He prayed the sinner's prayer at the end of his message, and I know some people got saved in Columbus. It's so exciting to be a Christian and serving Jesus in any capacity. Pray that you are. And oh yeah, I think I love you. What in the world is going on? I don't think it's time here in Fort Wayne, Indiana to look over our shoulder yet, but it was big news yesterday from the FBI. Look out. Terrorist threats against the United States reached a whole nother level after the Hamas on Israel. According to FBI Director Christopher Wray, that's what he told Congress yesterday, saying the big players in terrorism have all the renewed calls to attack America and its interest. He said the level of threats has heightened since President Biden took office, though U.S. law enforcement is better prepared to deal with them than ever. The reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated through 2023, but the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised that threat of attack on Americans to a, a whole new level. I wonder what that means, a whole new level. He said Al-Qaeda has issued its most specific call for attacks on the United States than it has in years. Islamic State leaders have ordered followers to attack Jewish communities and people. And Hezbollah is eyeing U.S. targets in the Middle East. Iran, meanwhile, has pushed proxy attacks on U.S. military bases. Lots of drone attacks yesterday. Mr. Ray was testifying to the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee in Washington, Yesterday, what in the world's going on here? A pro-Palestinian activist dumped a box of mice painted in the colors of the Palestinian flag in a United Kingdom's McDonald's, yelling, free blanking Palestine and blank Israel. Oh boy, diners at the Birmingham, England McDonald's screamed when the mice were unleashed into the busy fast food restaurant, according to to footage shared on social media, a man wearing a Palestinian flag on his head is seen removing a box of spray-painted mice from a car with a license plate, Palestine, before dumping the critters onto the floor to unsuspecting customers. Where's my gun? Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, a man screaming, Kill Jews, attempts to break into a family's home. 
In London, girls in a playground are told that they're stinking Jews and should stay off the slide. In China, posts liken Jews to parasites, vampires, snakes, proliferating the social media, attracting thousands of likes. Hatred of Jews, is this Bible or what? These are just some of the examples of incidents of anti-Semitism which has surged around the world since the attack by Hamas gunmen on the southern Israel border on October the 7th and the subsequent war on the Islamic group launched by Israel into the Gaza Strip. This is the scariest time to be a Jew since World War II, they're saying. We've had problems before, but things have never, ever been like this. Wow, Jesus is coming, people. So here's the question. What happens when California's Hell's Angels break their own rules? America's most notorious outlaw motorcycle club has some rules, I guess, according to federal prosecutors, and, and breaking them can get even veteran members in serious trouble with the leadership. Severe repercussions unveiled in a recent federal racketeering case in California range from forced face tattooing to being shot in the back of the head. The details have emerged in separate trials involving 11 suspects and three sister club chapters, two in California and Sonoma County and Fresno and the Salem-Boston area of Massachusetts. In one case, a former Sonoma chapter president took revenge on the man who slept with his wife by beating him with a bat, tattooing his forehead, and sexually assaulting the victim's wife while he was being held captive for more than four hours. That according to court records. He suffered facial fractures and permanent damage to his eyesight and demons, lots of demons. You know, people are, well, a lot of them are idiots and no amount of evidence is going to persuade an idiot. That's what Mark Twain said. I mean, even those that go to church. What does that mean, church? A Florida church just threw a drag queen service as a big one-finger salute to the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Common sense anti-drag-for-kids law. That's out there now. Allendale, get this, United Methodist. United Methodist Church in St. Petersburg, Florida, did this in the name of inclusivity. Demons. Get real, people. They were anything but inclusive, at least not of any actual biblical value. Demons. Oh, there were kids there, actual children watching grown men, sickos, parading around in women's clothing in that United Methodist Church and singing and doing some kind of preaching. Demons. All this despite Ron DeSantis' signing a law back in May that prohibits children from being exposed to these perverts, this kind of sicko in the United Methodist Church. You just can't make this, let's use garbage, up. What in the world? Well, I told you yesterday my son put some information in on demons in light of my new book, Invisible War of the Saints, and uh, his AI program produced a 200-page book in three minutes. From Hollywood's death-dealing Terminator to warnings from a genius like, what, Stephen Hawking? Or Silicon Valley stars? 
Fears are being fueled daily that artificial intelligence, AI, could one day wipe you out. All of us, humanity. Tech titans are racing toward creating AI far smarter than any person, pushing U.S. President, well, fake President, Joe Biden to impose emergency regulations and the European Union seeking major legislation to be agreed by the end of this year. A two-day summit starts today in London, going to explore regulatory safeguards against AI and all those risks out there. The success of, I think this is the one Jeremy used, my son, the success of chat GPT from OpenAI has ignited a debate about whether generative AI capabilities are, are quickly producing text and images and audio from simple commands in everyday language, and it's a tremendous threat to the job market, jobs that you might hold. Automated machinery is already used to do labor in factories, warehouses, fields. And this AI, however, can take aim at white-collar jobs. Lawyers are not safe. Doctors, teachers, journalists, even computer programmers going to be replaced by a machine. It's the new world. How many of you were around... When Ford put out the Edsel, <laughs> they say it was a, a good car, but boy, it bombed big time. All kinds of jokes out there today on uh, the Edsel. You know what? Electric vehicles are the modern day Edsel. You like truck drivers? Are you a truck driver? Got several in my church, present and former. A truck driver in a viral video explained that poor infrastructure and inefficient heavy electric batteries make it nearly impossible to switch a semi and other big vehicles to fully electric. His name, Chase Barber, trucker, founder of Edison Motors, appeared in a widely circulated video during an event broadcasting and really showcasing his company's hybrid truck model. Barber has advocated for a push toward hybrid semi-trucks as opposed to fully electric trucks, which he said are really a bad idea. Do you ever see yourself going 100% electric vehicle, he asked? No way. I mean, maybe if battery technology gets really super better, grid infrastructure gets better, this truck, Barber said, a logging truck uses about two and a half megawatts of power per day. With extra capacity in the battery means you need a three megawatt battery pack. The biggest one is like a Tesla Semi, which is like a one megawatt. So you need three of these to run an electric truck. That would mean you need 50,000 pounds of batteries just for one day. What in the, who came up with this anyway? The devil working overtime. And our administration's really on his side. Batteries. Bah humbug. So you homeschool. Why? A historically high number of U.S. parents see that their kids are too cool for public, private, or charter schools and decided to educate them at home. That's the national, worldly picture. I would homeschool because of all the heathenism in the public school. 
not because we're too cool. The number of homeschooled children during the last academic year was 51% higher than it was in 2018. That, according to government data, crunched by the Washington Post at the same time public school enrollment dropped 4%. This should tell you something. The homeschooling rates have decreased from the pandemic highs. What used to be a niche education arrangement favored mostly by religious people is now going mainstream nationwide, not just Christians. The Washington Post analysis puts the total number of American kids learning their ABCs at home about two, well, from 2 million to maybe as high as 2.7 million, exceeding the Catholic school student body in the entire country. The uptick in alternative schooling doesn't seem to be associated with a low quality of traditional education, as it's popular in academic high-performing districts as well. How's it gotten so big and why? Parents cite several reasons, from, well, doubling up as education administrators, schools failing to meet their kids' unique needs, bullies out there, increasing concerns that curricula don't align with their family values, their Christian values, but there are also economic factors at play. Government programs in several states offer parents thousands of dollars worth of homeschooling support every year. I didn't know that. While nonprofits provide funds to homeschoolers too. The booming homeschooling rates have created an entire industry catering just to parents who don't want their kids to spend their days waiting for the bell to ring. They don't want any part of it. That's some of you listening to the program right now. We used to have a a teacher living beside us, and many education experts, over they are, are skeptical that most parents can match the teaching skills of the trained teachers. They note that few requirements exist to ensure quality in homeschools. We were always accused of that. And they worry that homeschooled kids might miss out on that formative schoolyard socializing. Well, here in Allen County, Fort White, they have all kinds of programs, even Athletic teams getting together, all the homeschoolers coming together at one place, and I'm, I'm sure many of you are aware of that. Homeschooling, it will be the future for most of those interested in their kids' education. Yeah, Some say, well, we got a really good school here in our area. And we do, too. I was at Forest Park yesterday, met with the principal, the teachers, the speech therapist. I commended them on how well they've been doing with my grandson, Max, but... Uh, Still, there they were with their um, Halloween outfits on, and you see the problem, don't you? Are we introducing them to a biblical worldview or secular worldview? With Max, we talk Bible, church, all that stuff all the time. So that's uh, it's an interesting thing. Homeschool versus public school. What do you think? Living in today's world, been thinking about this one as we get older. Sharon's had a lot of health issues, including our recent trip to Columbus, Ohio, which kept her in bed with a migraine during the entire time. This is a reminder to record your mama, my friend. Record her around the kitchen. Ask her why she used chicken broth instead of water and that stuff, and why she does or doesn't use Velveeta, and record all of that. Record her fussing about the same old stuff like she always does. 
prank her now and then and, and record that too. Record her funny sayings and her bits of advice. Ask her to tell you about the day you were born and record her face as she lights up remembering all of that. Record her telling you to put on some socks on that baby there and when she tells you you don't go in her pots without washing your hands, ask her questions, both serious and silly. Record all those answers. Play her favorite song, and when she starts dancing or singing, yep, record it. Make her laugh a little. I mean, really laugh. And for the love of God, record that too, right? And take lots of pictures of Mom with her. Even when she tells you she gets not dressed for pictures, doesn't have her makeup, take a picture. Go ahead, take him anyway. Record it. And when you get the chance, tell her you know she did her best with what she had. And her best was always good enough. And if you want, just go ahead and record that too. You know, I hope this hits home for you. It's the right spot. And you heed the advice because the day's going to come when there's a longing so deep in you just to hear her voice, her laugh, see her as she was. And when that day comes, you can pull out those recordings and feel just a, a little bit of her in your life again. Remember, mamas don't last forever. Those precious memories will stay with you long after she's gone. Think about it. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Well, I got really excited this morning talking to Dave Allman down there in Tennessee. What a guy. He's my bud. He's going to Belize for two and a half weeks. Said he wanted to read my book on the way, and I said, Hey, could you use some extras? Oh, he talked about it a couple of years ago when the book was first thought up. I'd like to take those over. I said, Let's get some. So he's packing them in. He and whoever else is going to Belize. In one area they're going to, a witch doctor has ran off two pastors. So he said, we need to get Invisible War and the Saints into their hands. And so Dave going to pick him up at Southwest there in Bluff City sometime today. And he'll be heading out. Pray for him and the team going over there. I met so many. And uh, I'll talk about that during uh, Life 101 in just a moment. Pray for Dave. And again, that's part of your support of Greg Patton Ministries. Everything costs money including books. And so, uh, yeah, we're gifting our brother there and praying that God uses that in a special way to help someone. You pray about it. Dave Allman, the team, going over to Belize. How many years was he there as a missionary? Great guy, good friend. We knew him. God bless you. So I interrupted the, <laughs> my series on New America to talk about Halloween yesterday, and so I'll get back. Now I want to do it again. Talking about, again, missionaries. We met several while in Columbus, Ohio, introducing our brand new book, Invisible War of the Saints, and none of them were surprised by our message. Some people holding their mouths open and bug-eyed if you're from America, but uh, missionaries, they know all about demons, and they're working I met one gentleman spent 24 years, Greg and his wife spent 24 years in Haiti, the nation that sold itself to the devil. 
he was talking about one of his missionary friends. They they had a vermosa tree. Does that sound right? And it was supposed to be sacred and the tree of the gods, and you didn't get anywhere near it. And <laughs> there was a warning, do not touch that tree. And this particular missionary walked up to it and put his hand on the tree and said, you mean this one? We're not supposed to touch this one? Oh, the horror of it all to the people. And then he said, you know, I, so this is sacred. And he put his hands on it. This tree is sacred. Guess what happened? Overnight, lightning struck this tree and put it into the crispy file. <laughs> he said that was quite an opening to share Jesus Christ with that village. I can imagine. And some of the stories that uh, Dave Ullman has shared about things going on in Belize with he and his, well, his wife, who is now in glory, all those years serving Jesus, I really admire missionaries. I have trouble getting out of Fort Wayne to go to the, some of these places and uh, the hardship and the trouble. I mean, seriously, you need to pray for your mission. I know that you do, but just a little reminder to pray for missionaries and their work, like Dave and the team going over to Belize for a couple of weeks. What are they going to do? Who are they going to talk to? How are they going to talk to people? They're going to build something? What all will they do? Oh, I know many of you listening to the program have gone to mission trips maybe around the world. I've met several of you while down in Tennessee that sometimes you go once or twice a year. God allows you to go and minister. And yet, you know what? You think about it. We talked about this in Columbus, about the slaughter. Shared a little bit of that yesterday, the slaughter of Hamas and the 1400 Israelis and the butchering and the cutting off of heads and all of that. And what a horror. It just has people sick to their stomach. And yet, you know, what has America done in the last few decades? We have murdered and slaughtered over 60 million babies. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, everything is really relative, isn't it? I say before, trouble ain't trouble till it hits me along with the fact that you don't need me till you need me. Think about those two things today, my friend. You're going to need to know about the devil in the days ahead. You're going to need a workbook, and we're coming out with that as well. Just It's one of the tools that I think every— how can you not have some information on the greatest enemy you will ever face and how to counter him? I told pastors all the time, what are you thinking what are you doing? Again, talked to somebody from the mission field, and there was uh, one gentleman there, Dr. Joseph. What was his last time? I looked that up. Anyway, I guess he speaks all over America, has a national conference, asked us to come and speak at that, tell people about the spirit world. So there, we know there is a great need out there, my friend. So you pray. My goodness, we're going to be speaking around the country on the radio and television the days ahead as we uh, talk about the book. The whole idea is to make people aware of the enemy and make sure that you are not ignorant of his devices because he's got a bunch of them. Again, just pray for us. Pray for this ministry. We know you do. And we'll thank you in advance. And finally, I wonder, it's called I'm old. 
looked outside. Snow all over the truck. Okay, I'm done with winter. I'm ready for spring. <laughs> ready for spring. Thanks for being here, my friend. Thanks for supporting Greg Pat Ministries. Want to hear a program last year, two, three years ago? They're all available. GregPatton.com or WHCBRadio.org. They're all there. Join me on Facebook, Greg Jerry G. Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. And that's the way it is. First day of November, Wednesday, November the 1st, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless. You have a great day.